First time I heard about Fringe was in 2002. I met all these performers from all over Canada, all over the world, and it just blew my mind that people would usually write their own shows and go across the country with it from city to city, and they get paid to do that. I was like, wow, oh my god. We started in Montreal, and then Toronto, then Winnipeg. Saskatoon, Edmonton, Vancouver. Woo! Yeah. The top tier quality shows are awesome. It's about a couple of kids. One is a monster, one is a boy. It's a radio play about zombies. A, a man and a woman who meet in a midnight hotel room. All these kids uh, go to an island and make their own country, and then I kill them all. My favorite show, our favorite show, yes. Aiden Flynn. Yes. Moonlight After Midnight. If there's nothing else like this in any other country. It's a mixture of excitement and terror. I don't sense that it's a competition at all. All I sense is that we're all in this together. This whole lifestyle is about really high highs and really low lows. So if you're all by yourself and you're just left with your demons talking at you, it can be a really dark experience. Joining us today on Moving Radio is one of the people that have their films featured as part of Northwest Fest. Our guest today is Nancy Kenny, the executive producer and also subject of the documentary film On the Fringe. You can see it Saturday, May 14th at 8 p.m. at the Metro Cinema as part of Northwest Fest. People, that's the closing night film. It is the mark of greatness because if you're going to open it or close it it's got to be something good so we already know the film is good but we're going to talk to nancy about exactly how good it is and why it's so good nancy welcome to the program thank you so much for having me that's a beautiful introduction yeah i wrote all of it down nancy that was not <laughs> not off the top of my head so for you this is your life this is a look into your life but for us living here and all the other cities that you focus on like the fringe is this kind of summertime institution particularly in edmonton and it's nice that the film kind of does that but what i like about this film and what the concept was that you had is that this idea of it being the road right because i've talked to people before we're like oh yeah we're gonna take our show on the road and as a performer myself at one time, I was always like, no, I don't, I just want to stay in town. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I was like, yes, I want to see what that life was like and what it was like to be like that on the Canadian Fringe Festival circuits. So talk just a little bit about the essential elements that you think this, ex this film captured about the experience of being one of those performers traveling around the country in your film On the Fringe. I'm glad you said one of those performers because uh, I, I do want to make it clear, like I'm not the only subject of, yes. of this film. I'm not interesting enough for that. But we do follow quite a few performers. We follow actually eight different artists on their journey going from London, Ontario, all the way to Vancouver on the Fringe Circuit. And big shout out to Edmonton because it is the biggest festival on the circuit. And so there's a lot of the film that like leads up to people getting ready for the Edmonton Fringe. But to answer your question, so what we, we are looking at is that journey, that the road, like you called it. We're looking at what is it, like, what does it mean? What does it mean to have a passion project, have um, um, maybe a message or a story or something that you really wanna do or tell or show to people, and then just 
pick up your whole life with very little money, because that's a big aspect of the film as well, is how little money most fringe performers have and are aspiring to to make on on the festival circuit and just put it out there like what is it like to put yourself out there day after day after day and then pick everything up fit it all into a suitcase get in a car if hopefully you have a car but most of the time you might just hitch a ride with someone and go to the next city and then just start all that over again. I mean, if you just said, would you like to do that? I'd be like, I don't know. So I mean, <laughs> Oh, and on top of that, uh, you yeah. don't know where you're going to sleep. You have yeah. no idea when you, until you get there, you might be uh, staying somewhere in the lap of luxury because the billets have a gorgeous house with extra bedrooms and a pool or you show up and it's a mattress on the floor and there's three cats who live there. Yeah. And you're allergic to cats. And so. you're allergic to cats, yeah. even though, you know, you wrote down, I'm allergic to cats. Please don't billet me with anyone allergic to cats. Yeah, that's, I feel like, you know, once you've chosen that, that road, you're like, I just have to keep following through no matter what allergies be damned. Yeah. What I feel like being part of the fringe probably it's got to be a really deeply like part of all these different festivals in different cities it's got to be kind of deeply personal the shows like let's say for example yourself being in a one-person show like roller derby saved my life or even before that the one we don't save see in the soul. film oh save my soul i'm so sorry maybe your life and your soul <laughs> uh and also everybody dies in december for you it's all you. So I'm always curious about the ebbs and flows of, of being kind of by yourself on the road and having to make those connections. I think the film does a great job of doing that, but maybe talk to us a little bit about like what that was like for you. And maybe that was one of the things that spurned you to, to, to be like, we need to make a film about this. It is a real community that gets built on on the festival circuit. Like it's it, like we call it the family, the fringe family, because so many people are doing solo shows because it's cheaper. I mean, that's, I mean, that's one of the main reasons. It's not the only reason, but it is definitely the main reason. It's just cheaper to travel yourself uh, and just yourself. And financially, you also reap all the benefits from it. So fringe shows are often, you'll see, especially touring shows are, are smaller. You know, they might be one person, two people. Uh, our film also explores as a group of four that uh, tours and what that's like for them. But for me, like it can get very lonely when you're doing all of this alone, because you're also doing all of your own marketing, your own publicity, your Edmonton fringe people are very familiar with the, the performers flyering them, uh, you know, every hour on the hour, right before they go into a show or maybe when they're coming out. And it's, it's a lot of hard work. You're probably eating bad food. You're not really working out or taking care of yourself. If you're very well organized you know you've really planned your route out so you know exactly how you're going to get from point a to point b but sometimes you don't sometimes you're you figure it out and so you make you make friends of all these other people who are lonely and creative and funny and weird and honestly the fringe to me was like all the kids in school who felt like they didn't belong suddenly found each other at the beer garden like that to me is what the fringe was and why I love it so much and it's just such a beautiful community that it builds for all of us 
and yeah that's why for me this film like that was definitely definitely it's a love letter to all those performers who are, are putting their blood sweat and tears into their their little shows and the hope of finding a connection with someone. And everything you said really succinctly, I mean, it all translates on film to an audience. And what I hope is, I mean, you know, for me, I can identify with it on a certain level, but not at the level that which you took it to, that I think I'm hoping that it kind of pulls back the curtain a little bit on what, what that life is like. Cause it seems like it's like, it's a really romantic thing. Oh, it's a summer day. We go out and watch this person, but it peels back the curtain on the legit hustle of what that life is. And that's why one of the, like one of the, I should say groups that we follow is a couple. And so you get to see their journey. Like, what is it like touring with another person, with the person you love and making art with them and traveling with them? And and I know one of the performers, um, Vanessa, who is part of that couple, she says it so beautifully in the film of like, if you have a bad show, you know, your partner's there for you and you can have a kiss and a hug and you can go to a movie or grab a beer, go somewhere else. Uh, and if you're succeeding, you still have that person there that you can celebrate those wins with. But when you're by yourself, you, you see me many times, I think, in the film at some very low mo moments where it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do right now. Like that did not go well. And I'm all by myself in a strange city and... I guess I'm just gonna go, you know, meet some people at the beer garden and see see what's there. It's a it's a difficult life. I, I'm a little I'm I'm on the older end now of doing it. Like I I haven't done it in a very long time because I I, I did it for I think almost ten years. I did fringe festivals for about ten years and and got quite burnt out by it in the end. And, and there's a reason that it's often a lot of younger people that you see at the fringe were performing at fringe because they have the energy for it. And yeah. they have backs that can sleep on couches. My back can't do that anymore. You know, if you've seen a fringe, then that that's what maybe makes like gem rolls this sort of uh, complete oddity. Uh, this legend. How does, yeah, how does that guy exist doing this year after year? Our guest today is Nancy Kenny. We're talking about the documentary film On the Fringe. It's about what you think it's about. It's about theater. It's about fringe. It's about being on the fringe uh, festival road tour across Canada. And Nancy, not only is the executive producer, but also one of the subjects in the film. You can catch it Saturday, May 14th as the closing night film at 8 p.m. as part of Northwest Fest. That's going to be like every other screening at the Metro Cinema. And as an added bonus, uh, you're probably loving everything Nancy is saying. So you can see her and other people involved with the film, like the director, uh, Corey Thibault, and also Natalie Watson, who will also be there for a post-screening Q&A with every other actor in town that was featured quietly or quickly or lots in the film itself. I loved how this was kind of like, it seemed very indie, almost punk rock in the way that it approaches the actor's life on the road like this. It's romantic and it's romanticized maybe in some ways for people, but it is not romantic in what you've talked about in like, you know, the things that you go through and, and what people experience sometimes. So what do you think was maybe the greatest asset for you and maybe from what you saw through the film for the other film? Uh, for the other performers of getting kind of road tested like that of going from city to city to city over a three-month period I think for a lot of us I mean for me especially 
I think stand-up comics probably feel the same way. Like you test a lot of material on the road and the way that the, the fringe is laid out, like the fringe festival circuit is laid out, you usually would bring like um, your new material to a smaller city in the hopes of fine tuning it in front of an audience and, and getting some good reviews and getting it to the point. When you get to the bigger festivals like Winnipeg or Edmonton, you've got a really solid show that hopefully will also be a box office success. Because I mean, that is a big part of it is this constant hope for some kind of financial success out of it. I mean, at least for me, other people I'm sure do it for other reasons. But part of the reason of doing a tour was, yes, I love the people who are there, but also I was hoping to make some money while I was doing it. There's a freedom to it. There's an independence to it um, of like not doing a nine to five job and, and being able to like be on the road and see new cities and, and see the country that like, you know, this very vast country that we live in and get to, to just do all of this on your own terms. And I mean, the great thing about Fringe, the reason so many of us did it is because like the barrier for access is so low and many people uh, do their stuff on the Fringe and then hopefully it gets picked up by a larger theater or Kim's Convenience started out as a Fringe show and you know, it's now it's like a, it was a, a long running CBC sitcom. I'd be lying if I didn't say those weren't dreams that many of us have. But even that, sometimes you look at it, it's like, that's the hope is to find that one thing that connects and launches you in some ways. But what I do like about the film is that I think that, that you and Corey and Nancy probably have, have made a concerted effort about this is to make the film about uh, the passion about creating something and what that does for you and that connection to the audience and what that means for you. I think this is like a, a really pure look at an actor and not just somebody famous because we always see it through the lens more often than not of like, oh, well, I'm really interested about this person because they've done all this stuff and they're very popular or I know them from these things. And I think this is a much more grounded look into what the life of the artist is. And I think that's what I really appreciate most about mm. it. Yeah. Was that like, was that something that you and Corey conversations about as director where you're like, look, I'm in this, I'm the executive producer, but we got to have it look like this. Or did you have to mm. step back from all that? For me, I had to step back. From all that because it was it was too much for me to be performing a show so I would be performing you know my six seven eight performances uh, during a 10-day festival and on top of that to be doing this film so I turned over a lot of the film's creative control to Corey and Natalie our, our other um, producing partner who um, also edited the film and she was our, our primary camera operator DP. The two of them really were the ones who found the story, like what's the story that we want to tell here. But we did know that what we wanted was this behind the scenes look uh, at what it is because it is fascinating and not that many people do it or, or get to see it yet so many people, like when you think about actors or you think about writers, performers, um, sketch artists, comedians, all those kinds of people, what you're seeing in this documentary is what the vast majority of people are doing. It's not glitz and glamour. You might get a five-star review in one city and then, you know, you think you're set and you show up in the next city and for some reason, 
your story doesn't click here. Who knows why? It's very interesting. I love that you said it was punk rock because in, in some ways you could think of this like, like people might think of, of rock stars or bands that are touring. And so you can think of the people who are doing like the big stadium tours and are selling out, you know, these super large venues. But the fringe is the people who are going to that tiny little bar in that, that town that, you know, you've never heard of. Um, and then they pack up all their gear and they go to the next one. That's what this is, you know? I mean, in many ways, fringe, fringe just epitomizes punk rock when you think about it, because the way fringe, the movement started, was it in Edinburgh and the Edinburgh festival, which is now like the largest festival in the world started because people, the there was a main festival that was happening and a bunch of people weren't allowed to participate in this festival. So they decided to do a festival on the fringe of the main festival. And that's how the fringe movement started. It was just a bunch of people who wanted to do something and weren't able to do it the, the, the main way, the, the big glitzy way. So they're like, well, screw it. We're going to come over here, we'll pitch a couple tents and we'll we'll do our, our stories our way. And that's what Fringe is. And that's what the arts I think in general are, is people who are just like, well, I guess I'm gonna do it anyway. We're talking today on Moving Radio with Nancy Kenny, executive producer and also subject of the documentary film On the Fringe. It plays as part of Northwest Fest at the Metro Cinema on Saturday, May 14th, uh, 8 p.m. Make sure you get your tickets, come check it out and support uh, not only the festival, but Nancy and the film. And you know what? Maybe get yourself primed fringe before it comes up in August, right? All right. Yeah. You mentioned it. You mentioned it a little bit before, and uh, I totally understand it because when I was doing stuff, I was like, honestly, I was like, I could care less if anybody comes and reviews this because uh, I'm frightened to death of what they may have to say to people. <laughs> To be honest with you, yeah, because I yeah. was like, I, I'll, I'll know if they're laughing or not, right? Like, I get it's meant to be funny, so I'm gonna know right away um, whether I am one or two stars. So I don't need your stars, but like, I get it; it's a necessary evil. So mm -hmm. I love that your film addresses this for the people that don't get it and they just identify with it as the quickest way to evaluate somebody's work somebody's uh, probably literal blood, sweat, and tears, stars. Nancy, what's the controversy? <laughs> oh gosh, the star system. The star system is the worst because you basically like, so, so someone, just to explain, you put on a show and a reviewer from some local media publication, uh, these days, probably some online blog, comes to your show, watches it, and then on a scale of one to five, decides how good it is. And it's incredibly subjective. Everyone wants to get five stars. The thing for a performer, if you get five stars in many cities, Edmonton included, you can almost guarantee a sold out run for the rest of your show. And that's based on like one person's opinion of your show. And that's, that's really hard. It's, it's very stressful. And now, especially these days that we had filmed this before, you know, all the paper am amalgamations, but now these days you, you might not even get a second review for somewhere else that you could at least, you know, if the first person didn't like it, maybe the second person will. 
But then the worst thing you could get is a three-star review. Because at least if you get one star, some people might come because they're like, how bad, how bad is this? And they'll, they'll come because they got one star and they're like, I have to see this. I got to know what this is. But three stars, I mean, what does that mean? I mean, it's, it's like so, so middle ground. And when you have hundreds of other shows to choose from as an audience member, I understand it as an audience member. Cause you want to see the best you want to make sure you, you know, you have limited funds and you want to spend your money on, you want to make it worth it for your money. And so you, people do that. They, they make a list of all the five star shows, maybe four and a half stars and they'll buy tickets for all those shows. So if you have a three star show, what do you do? And at, so one person said that your show was three stars. And what does that mean? Is it three stars? Like uh, what I love, Liz Nichols is uh, is in our documentary, uh, former Edmonton Journal reviewer, and and she says, "What is <laughs> as someone who gives out these stars?" She says, "What what does three stars mean? Is it is it a a brilliant show that just has a couple faux pas, or is it a not so great show but had some pretty okay moments in it? Like, what does it mean? It means means nothing. And the problem is now people." Um, they just look at the star rather than reading the review to see what might be the explanation behind the stars. And, and it's, it's very difficult. It's, it's, it's controversial. It's, um, it can be heartbreaking, uh, incredibly heartbreaking. It can be, can be the greatest feeling in the world, you know? And as artists, we're people who are very sensitive who, like we've said, we've poured ourselves into these shows, it's hard not to take it personally either. It's really hard not to take it personally. So I get it when you say, I don't want anyone to come and give me stars. I'm, I'm fine with that. I understand that. But when you're touring, when you're going across the country, like you need to make money. And so one of the best ways is if you get quite a few stars, if you get a four or five star review, you can make some money on the tour. And if you don't, that means like, I, you know, could mean you're not eating that day. Yes. This is why I admire you, Nancy, and everyone else that chose to do it because uh, I am selfish and I would stay, <laughs> I would stay home. And then I'm you now like, oh, I know people in this city, they'll come see me. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I'll, I mean, I get it. So when that part came up, I was like, I totally understand it because, you know, it's hard enough being your own critic. Right. Like it really is, because there are times where people will even tell you it's great and maybe they're influenced by a review or whatever it is. And you don't feel it necessarily. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think any artist kind of goes through that. Right. That people say it's great. And you're like, ah, but it could be better like this. Right. Uh, and not in some kind of horrible George Lucas way where you're just going to redo everything for the rest of your life and just yeah. milk it till it's dead. But I mean, like it's really personal. And so I love that element of vulnerability. And it's so tough because the people that you want to get that you don't know where you're going somewhere different, like that's all they want. Okay, tell me uh, how many stars did it get? And like, does it got a good title, right? Is the title catchy? And like, is it four or five? Cool. Three, mm, I'm out. Or, oh, that poster looks like intriguing. It's like so many of these little things that really don't tell you everything about the show are really what people are basing their money on as to whether or not they're going to see it and uh, yeah. again it's not it's not a bad thing it's just like i know reviews are problematic because i've done them and i've always been like oh my god if this is bad i'm like i just won't talk about it at all 
Yeah, All right. and- or if you like this, go. If you like this, go see this. If you like an entire uh, show that has zero dialogue and it's all tap dancing through dialogue, then go see this because that's it's awesome that way. But I I did not like it. Yeah, no, and that's that's some of my like the weirdest ones I find too. Because uh, for a lot of summer festivals, you know, the reviewers because publicate there's so many shows and publications don't have you know theater critics who can review all of that, so they hire a bunch or they might use people from other departments. So like the sports writer might go see like a a Shakespearean play and you know not know like I know no shade to sports writers, but you know, maybe, maybe it's not their thing. And, and they give it a bad review and it's just because they don't like Shakespeare because they had a bad experience in high school, you know, um, or, or someone, uh, the food critic doesn't like sci-fi and somehow goes to see the sci-fi show and has to review that. And it's, uh, it's so heartbreaking because if it was just someone who related to the material, it could be a completely different review that you're getting completely different opinion. And it's, it's so difficult uh, as a performer when those happen. But those are, those are my, I love, I, I prefer, I love it if a, if a critic is like, you know what, it wasn't for me, but you might like it for these reasons. That's great. But yes, when, but when people are focused on the stars, then they're not looking at that part of the review. Yeah, I don't think most people get that as being human. I just like the last thing I'll say about it, because I don't think I'm hoping neither one of us is bashing reviewers because I've been that person. But it's also another reason why I almost never review films on this show. I'd rather Mm. talk to people like yourself than be like, I think this I'm like, it doesn't matter really what I think. Like you should you got to judge for yourself. And that's that's the whole idea of the fringe. Like roll the dice. Yeah. Take a chance. Take a chance. Is this, <laughs> is this gonna be great? Is it gonna be epic? Is it gonna inspire you? Is it is it gonna drive you crazy? I don't know. I'm just hoping either way it gives you something to talk about after it's done. Yeah, the best fringe shows I saw have been surprises, you know, shows that I've gone in knowing nothing, just like just went in to see something and was blown away. Definitely not my best. This is the worst audience member I've ever experienced. Why am I doing this? Why do I bother? This is a community that is a beautiful thing to be a part of. That moment is worth every sacrifice I've made to be here, every sacrifice I will have to make to get back. These people know you almost better than some of your friends back home. We're all going to go home and it's going to be like a dream and that thought hurts a lot. There was the thing in the Global Mail where he called me a lifer and bastard because he's right. (laughs) You got me. We are lucky enough to be talking on Moving Radio today to Nancy Kenny, executive producer and subject of the documentary film On the Fringe. You can see it Saturday, May 14th at 8 p.m. at the Metro Cinema as part of Northwest Fest. Nancy and a couple of her friends will be there in the audience uh, watching it, probably sweating it out, and then and then up in front of the audience doing Q&As after where everybody's going to like it. It's going to be wall-to-wall stars raining down upon your heads. <laughs> I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I don't know how you don't like this film. It's really good. Sorry. That's my review. I just reviewed it. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have. Yeah, you said you, you said you don't review, so I feel very special that you oh. actually reviewed mine. <laughs> I broke my own rule. I'm sorry, Nancy. 
You know, one last thing before we kind of go here is that I think we talked a little bit about this is that kind of exposing the humanity and also the vulnerability of being in that situation like you are. Talk to us a little bit about these kind of like these pure moments, I think, that you found that really allows people to not just see the show and kind of like see, oh, there's the actors in the tent over there. Like you get to live the life to a certain extent without having to go out there on the road. Talk to us a little bit about the, your favorite moments in the film that really were like, oh, that that hit home or that was so true for me. Or I'm like, this is how we really pulled together the story and, and audiences are going to get what our lives are like on the road like this. There's so many um, beautiful, beautiful moments in the show. And I don't want to spoil too many of them because I do want people, please come, please come and see it. Please come and see us. But I think some of my, one of my favorite moments, I think was with Gem Rolls, who is the, the veteran fringer that we're following in the film. And uh, there is a moment where we celebrate his 100th fringe festival. Uh, and to me, like just the reaction on his face, cause he didn't know we were planning this uh, a bunch of, I didn't, I didn't plan it. I did get in on the planning when I heard it was happening, but a bunch of fringe performers got together to celebrate Jem and, uh, and he had no idea. And uh, I think for me, that, that is one of my, my favorite moments in the film is, is just seeing his reaction and in very true Jem style, his, uh, his little speech after that was, was I think one of my favorite moments, but there's so many, like there's heartbreaking moments. There's a, a moment with a, a performer uh, named Tony who, who came to the Edmonton Fringe and he thought he was gonna make so much money because it's the biggest fringe and, and it didn't turn out the way he did. And it's like, it's so heartbreaking to, to watch. And then there's like moments where you just see like, you know, friends together you know, just celebrating the day-to-day life on the road. To me, it's like, it's just so beautiful because the wonderful thing about this documentary was the people we were interviewing and following are all artists. So they're all vulnerable, beautiful, funny storytellers. And so, so much of that uh, is available, was available to us to catch on camera. So I think, I think people will be moved I think they will laugh a lot. Uh, anyone who knows, uh, we, we also interviewed Peter and Chris in the documentary. So if people are remember Peter and Chris, there's many, many, many funny moments with them in the documentary. But there's also some really gorgeous, heartfelt moments. And I think it's going to make you want to write a show, put it up at Fringe and get on the road. At least many for me, that's what it did. Our guest today has been Nancy Kenny, and we're talking about the film On the Fringe. Nancy, uh, if there's any way that people want to kind of reach out, find out more about the show, maybe this is the first time they're hearing about it. Uh, is there any way where they can check out more online and find out either more about yourself or just about the film, the documentary film On the Fringe? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would definitely go to the Northwest Fest uh, website. Uh, there's some information there, but the Fringe, uh, the On the Fringe documentary does have its own website as well. It's on the fringe doc, D-O-C dot com. And, uh, for, and so you can see, you can catch a trailer uh, for the film there and you can read up on the, the performers that we follow and, and all those lovely people. Uh, you can also, the On the Fringe documentary also has a Facebook group. Uh, and if people wanna know more about me, uh, I'm at uh, nancykenny.ca. 
www.sarahmcdonald.ca. And you can find my social channels and, and additional information on things uh, I'm doing, but I'll definitely be posting about our trip to Edmonton there. It should be so much fun. And I'm sure uh, to a certain extent, it's going to be a bit of a tiny reunion for you with many people uh, that were involved for the film that you haven't seen for a while. The film, Absolutely. yeah, the film we've been talking about is on the fringe. Uh, Nancy has been our guest, but you can see her and the film, the documentary film on the fringe Saturday, May 14th, 8 PM at the Metro cinema as part of Northwest fest. It's gotta be good. It's a closing night film. It's about fringe. Get ready for summer people uh because this is just like a, a very tiny appetizer like one of those really expensive like very tiny appetizers it's going to be like <laughs> super tasty but you're just like oh this does not fill me up enough uh that will get you ready for august and all the excitement that's coming back to the heart of old strathcona nancy thank you so much for your time thank you so much for the film i don't know we could have talked for hours about this kind of stuff oh my probably, god we but... could have but you know, this is, you have a life, so I got to let you go. Okay? <laughs> well, I will be in town next week. So I look forward to picking that up then. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Nancy. Thank you.